Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. How you doing, Emer? Social, let's get social distancing and all that's all going well for you? Just about. Um, but you know what? You know, we're all t- staying safe and sound. I hope everybody else out there is too. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been busy um, and quite quite interesting. I took a leap of faith. My uh, my wife bought a um, bus cutters, I suppose, or, you know, the, the barber's kind of buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh, yeah. You, you know me, I'm very uh, protective of my hair. Yes. You know, I, yes. I love my hair. If there's anyone out but, there who'd but, like to sponsor the Curly Marketer, you know, any certain shampoo yeah, brands or, you know, or hairdressing chains, you know. Definitely let us know. Um, they do. But yeah, uh, she um, she gave me a, a bit of, a, a bit of as you might say, in a, up there in the north, a, a wee cut. She a gave me a wee cut. cut. Okay. A wee cut. And uh, yeah, she did a very good job. Did a bit of blending and all. So I was well impressed. So, uh, so yeah, so well she, done my wife. So you, you have your own personal barber, hairdresser. I have my own personal barber now, so it's it's a it's a privilege. I'm privileged in my household. Okay, but, if only if only people could see you, but we won't go there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, I I'm I, I better behave myself, otherwise you might come find me with your your barber scissors, and and I'd be in trouble. Um. So I'm waiting with bated breath. Yeah. Or well. I like the show. You're waiting for the moment, the moment of the show that that is your mm. favorite. It's the guest's favorite. It's the listener's favorite part of the show, and this one is truly one that really cracked me up. So I hope you're going to enjoy this one. So, Slimer, did I tell you that I'm writing another ebook? And uh, another I've, one. God, yeah, you've got a library. Yeah. You have a library at this stage. You know what I mean? I Everyone do. Yeah. Go, go check his website out. He's got so many. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I am, um, and I lined up uh, three special writers to help me, um, Scooby-Doo, Rin Tin Tin, and Lassie. So they're helping me with my latest ebook, and we're calling it Influencer Barketing. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> really bad, huh? Okay, as I always say, if you find today's social media joke engaging, not and you'd love Not. more of them, please know. <laughs> you are, you are, you definitely are. Uh, you, you guys are so in luck. You can catch Philip's previous social media jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on to our podcast on Let's Get Social Show on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and on the Dublin South FM website. So please do go check it out and tell your friends too. Absolutely. But we're getting down to business now because we Are have we? a special guest. Yeah, we've uh, we've another special guest who thankfully has not left the confines of uh, her own home because of my joke. She has stayed with us to join us. Um, today, we're delighted to be joined by Miriam Simon, who is the founder of PTO.ie. She's a, a retail um, consultancy specialist um, in consumer and trading strategy, supporting growth strategy for B2B and B2C retailers. 
Taylors. And Miriam is an experienced mentor uh, with real strengths in strategic clarity and sales growth acceleration. And uh, with 30 years experience working at board level, Miriam really knows how to help CEOs and MDs grow their business and get results. Miriam, you're very welcome to Let's Get Social. Thank you for coming. No, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Did you so, like the joke? <laughs> I'd say um, she did. No. It, <laughs> it took a few moments to register. Uh, uh, it took a few Ah, oh, that's a good one. Register. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> She's, oh, oh, come on, come on. <laughs> are you going to give him a run for his money? Um, I'm, I'm, my jokes are terrible. I have a retail joke. Um once you've seen one store, you've seen them all. You've seen them all. Ah, them yeah. all. Oh. Very good. I don't get out shopping. <laughs> yeah. You're just barking mad, Emer. Oh. I know, I know, I know. So nearly as barking mad as your joke, but there you go. Yeah, I know, yeah, it's very so, true, yeah. You know, so the winner but is Miriam. I think Miriam. Miriam. Miriam, yeah. Give you, you've kept it on topic and on brand, so well oh, done, Miriam. Oh, yeah, goes to you, goes to you. So uh, I suppose, Mary Misson, we need to kick off the business of the show and actually kind of delve into um, your knowledge and expertise, uh, especially for our listeners. And I suppose really, um, you know, emerging trends, the future of, of retail, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, I suppose, the kind of the blended approach of, say, store online and particularly, obviously, social, you know, what are your thoughts on that, that whole area? So, wow. Uh, so e- even pre-COVID, the, the future retail was a blended approach. So there, um, there's quite a few things coming down the track, but the overall message is that you need the blend of um, bricks and mortar store. Believe it or not, bricks and mortar store is still vitally important, as well as digital. So th- so COVID has accelerated the digital piece. So the days, mm-hmm. you, you, you just really can't get away with not having a website now. You do need to have one. Yep. But that doesn't mean every product needs to be on that website. The the, the actual fastest growing channel at the moment, um, even prior to, to COVID, is um, social commerce. And good social commerce will drive the footfall into the store and drive the footfall to the website also. So I think um, it is the blend of all three. And um, that was even before the pandemic struck, that was how the future of retail was looking. And I think there's there's a really clever retail futurist called Doug Stevens. I don't know whether you've heard of him. He wrote a great book called Reengineering Retail back in 2016. Um, very clever guy. Um, I think he's a Canadian guy. But right. he, he, he talks, um, he, he was speaking the last couple of years very much about this shift where there was this belief that um, store retail was dead. And, it, and, and it's just not true actually because you just as much as um bricks and mortar retailers are trying to get digital digital retailers who who may have been profoundly and only digital are are trying to get um physical store space it, it is actually that combination of both with the social that mm-hmm. that will be the people that win longer term um, yeah. because, you know, shopping is an emotional experience, and and the problem is digital is such a noisy net marketplace now. Yes, that you, you do need the combination in order to to win, yeah. and, and that's a real shift, actually. Yeah, um, you know, that's that that's a real shift in the last couple of years. I definitely, yeah, I think definitely agree with that because, like, I know myself, and even any of the research that I've sort of read, um, you know, the the role of digital in the whole sort of um, you know 
doing the research, like consumers these days are so much more buyer savvy and they're kind of doing the research practically online and on social to, to kind of maybe get some options and look what, and then maybe like, I know, you know, my wife and even myself would be real examples of that to know for say products that we want to buy or we want to invest in. Uh, we'll do all the, the stuff initially on social or we'll be checking out the company's websites and then we might go in store. So, and I think that's very much, uh, it, it seems to be something that's even more elevated now with a COVID since we've come out of COVID that's that digital piece is so required. So, uh, so yeah, so totally agree with you there. And I would say also, um, Miriam, that, you know, uh, social is very important to whether you're online or offline because you um, have to have some sort of communication um, ability. You know, nobody's getting, you're not going to be on the phone 24-7. So even having some sort of, you know, digital consumer, customer service um, channel, you know, is really, really important, you know. Um, Especially also with the COVID situation and um, the impact it has had on retailers uh, and their psyche. What What's your sort of thoughts on that? So I, I've seen it's been a really mixed bag. So so the, the, we've seen a lot of retailers because everything that happened in March. What happened with the pandemic? Uh, pandemic was everything happened very suddenly, and a lot of people went into shock. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like we were all out in coffee shops, and then there was this big announcement from Leo at eleven o'clock or midday. On I think it was it the twelfth of March. I remember going home and not going out again for a very long time. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of people were in shock. And then when businesses were told to close, I think, I think there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of businesses felt that that meant right. I'm not allowed to trade at all. So for the first few weeks, we were all in that um, that that shock of what what's just happened and what we were going through was so in, immense yeah. that a lot of businesses just shut up and, and shut up shop and and um, what we you know then within a few weeks, um, what happened was there there were different groups of retailers. So there are some retailers who just stayed shut. There were some retailers who who had websites and, and lent into their digital. But, the, you know, some retailers were, were, you know, who might not have even had websites lent into social. And um, w- what we have seen is a lot of uh, independent businesses really lean into social as a means of being really agile mm-hmm. and uh, and keeping, um, keeping their business afloat from behind closed doors and, and being able to sell from behind closed doors. So, um it's it's been an interesting time, and and actually, if you think because a lot of people have been at home in this whole containment, like the the footfall on social channels has been so hugely up. I think somebody gave me figures that a uh, social media um, traffic was up something like sixty one percent in April alone, and, yeah. and yet consumer products on social media were minus three point four percent. So you you don't need very you know you don't need to be smart to do the maths and know that if you were somebody that was promoting your product you were going to be selling it because the the stores were closed after the first few weeks of um of things going we all became a little bit covid fatigued we were all sick of yeah yeah. You know, reading, uh, uh, you know, and I'm actually quite traumatized because the COVID colors are the same as my brand colors. I now look uh, like my brand colors are going to have to, uh, I've got COVID yellow as my brand color. Right. <laughs> the, the, um, 
but but the we all became really fatigued about hearing all the fear around covid so mm. people wanted distraction and then as as things then progressed there was a huge gap in the market for for things that people needed and wanted like gifting so you know we we were all very separated from people that we loved we had birthdays were still happening oh yeah you know, serious milestones were still happening and it became really hard to celebrate those so any of the businesses that were very savvy and were able to lean into that have actually traded very well it's funny actually because a lot of businesses have had to pivot and change direction like you know restaurants for example have now had to embrace social media more so than ever because I was working with one lady and uh, she hadn't really been, you know, enthusiastic about using it. And I had done some training with her beforehand and then she just decided, well, maybe I need to keep going, 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 I suggest do. And now they are doing takeaways and the uh, orders, she said, are coming through that channel, purely through that channel. And we're going to see a lot of innovation there as well. And you can even see it. I think Facebook have, have launched a shopping, you know, they're competing. Yeah. 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 As well. So, so there, which is very savvy and opportunistic, very mm. clever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, strategically. So there, there is an element of, you know, um, like I, 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 I've done a lot of talks up and down the country this last few weeks about some about emerging trends and, uh, because, um, you, you know, that blended approach is, is, is really the key thing. And that the lean for the consumer experience is, is going to remain, um, and I'll talk about this in a little minute, really, really important, particularly as we reopen. I know a lot of stores are going to be reopening from Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the consumer experience, we're, I think we're at a really pivotal point in how we manage that in the next few weeks is going to be critical to the future of retail. Mm-hmm. But the, there's a piece around that. But, you know, any of the businesses who have been really able to trade in a really agile way have done really well. I've seen retailers that, you know, I, I know one really clever uh, couple who sold ball gowns and obviously the backside fell out of that very quickly. Mm-hmm. There's not a big need for ball gowns in the middle of a no. pandemic. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But they, they have pivoted and they are doing very, very well. They're selling very... Uh, they're selling the uh, medical grade face masks, but but high fashion ones. Yeah, and, and mm. you know their new business is even busier than their old business. Wow, so, uh, I've seen boutiques. You know, th- there are lots of. Um, it, it's about uh, gauging what the consumer needs. So, for example, as you know, a woman of certain age, you know, I have like I, like many other women to my age, I had that nice little white streak of hair because I can't get to the hair salon. So, wide hair bands. Can't get enough of wide hairbands, flat shoes, sneakers, comfortable sneakers, you know? Yeah, yeah. Smart tops that you can wear and pretend that you're looking business dressed even when you're not from the waist down, you know, when you're wearing your fat <laughs> pants from the waist down, but a smart yeah. top. So you, there were a lot of businesses that were very savvy and and um, did some, pulled some trading levers to get cash in quickly so that they could then go and rebuy and repurpose what they were trading in. So, so it, it, this has been a real... Um, separate the men from the boys moment, I think, for a lot of retail. But ultimately, I think local retail and independents will win here because they they have the ability to move faster and be far more agile. Yeah. And I suppose kind of moving on from that, because I think you're right, you know, the like I know just like that, I know uh, a couple of companies who 
pivoted, you know, very successfully. There was one company called Uniformal who um, made uniforms um, and high-end sort of uniforms for, say, restaurants, hotels, etc. And then they moved into the COVID-19 medical protective gear. There was another company um, called Highline Office Technology who supply printers, but now they've pivoted to provide a sanitation cleaning solution service for printers for people going back to work. But just in your say, in what you've seen, say flipping to the consumers and I suppose their new buying habits from say social and online and obviously from COVID, but what sort of impact do you see uh, or changes in consumer behavior that businesses need to be kind of now looking at, you know, as in, is it going to, are we going to see a more kind of a more say online consumer savvy type approach so that has almost become a mandatory kind of thing now. Do you see that coming down the line? No. no. I think I think functional purchases, and this is why I think consumer experience is going to be quite critical over the next mm-hmm. couple of months. So I think what's happened is a lot of people who would not have bought online have been forced mm. to buy online through pure need. Yeah. Uh, but actually where I see that impacting the most is going to be on functional purchases like groceries. Right. So the purchases that are our chore are going to very, very heavily move online, I would say, because we've, uh, we've discovered even people who would have been um, IT, you know, or, you know, they would say, I'm a Luddite, don't make me touch a computer. They've mm. been forced to lean into that and they've discovered it's not as hard as they think. Yeah. yeah. So functional purchasing, will you, we are going to see a big swing of functional purchasing towards um, online. Most shopping, however, that is not functional is emotional. And, and that means that the store is going to always still remain, it's going to remain important. And that's why we're at a really critical uh, juncture here. Yeah. Because the, the fact of the matter is we're, we're, people are going to go back into shops from Monday, for example. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go shopping. And um, it, this is and, and the businesses that I've been speaking to, so I've probably spoken to maybe 200, maybe 250 retailers over the last month. Um, and, and one of the messages I'm talking about is that balance of we need to follow protocol and, and protect everybody. We need to protect our, our teams. We need to protect the customers. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, it's about doing that in a way that, is, that doesn't make your shopping experience so functional that it's no longer emotional. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. That's the that's the we're 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 going we're at a really fine tipping point here. That I remember going into. Um, one of the major, I nearly said the name of it, one of the major supermarkets to do my first grocery shop about four weeks after. I, I, I lined up loads of Tesco shops for the first few weeks mm. and then I ventured into a supermarket and I found it actually um, not, a, not a pleasant experience at all. Mm. You know, the fact that somebody sprayed me on the way in and gave me a pair of gloves and, and then uh, every 90 seconds as I was walking around, there was a tannoy. I felt like I was in North Korea. So a tannoy telling me to stay away from other people. And it, I actually, I, I, I remembered that experience actually coming away going, that was really unpleasant. Yeah. And not only was that really unpleasant, I, I wouldn't have wanted that to be one of my parents and somebody elderly doing that because that would have been quite frightening. Yeah. So, yeah. so there is this piece of, the the next couple of weeks is going to tell a story of balancing the the protocol that is absolutely necessary with um with making sure there's still warmth so i've been talking to a lot of retailers about what they can do to balance that and that might be talking to the customer you know not everything has to be acid yellow for covid talking mm-hmm. to them in their own handwriting 
talking mm. to them in their own voice, you know, so that it's more yes. warm. And there's lots of things like, you know, fragrance in the store and, you mm. know, little touches, music, things that you can do to soften that whole COVID yeah. piece. Yeah. So I think there's a piece about that. And then there's also a piece around consumer confidence, which is going to impact greatly over the next couple of months also. So yeah. we're likely to see a big boom over the next few weeks as people get to shop again. Mm. Well, I would have said have- it would have been a, would be a good strategy for a lot of businesses to, you know, give over the trust factor by saying to people through social that, you know, this is what we have in place. You know, we'd like some feedback. Um, you know, give that a feeling that you're approachable. Um, where when you're in store, you don't have that, you know, um, because people are told you got to get in and you got to get out you know there's no absolutely and, and the really smart retailers have taken the consumer on the journey with them and used their social to do that yeah. so i've seen some really clever businesses that have literally um you know um basically you know taking pictures of them inside the empty shop taking pictures of them putting up the partitions you know and and brought the customer on the whole journey with them Mm -hmm. and that's the right thing to do that's the thing you know it's that whole engagement piece and engagement um there's been a great opportunity for businesses over the last couple of months retail is uh, uh, retail in particular is a very tough business in that it's a real vocation you're in it 24 7 you never switch it off and and it's very easy to get sucked into the business, which means you stop seeing it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of businesses have been forced to actually take a pause and take a step back. And, and you know, um, where, where I've seen a lot of businesses um, very cleverly and use this time to really build their social and really engage and be with the customer through this experience. Because it, it is a joined experience. You know, this isn't, I know people are talking about, recessions and all that blah 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 but but that is um this is you know those businesses were closed purposefully this is a health and safety emergency that we've been living through and we've all been through it so it's not personal business Mm. yeah Uh, and that means there's great opportunity also Yeah. yeah but the other thing as well is to look at it is you know um it's it's a way that you can use social to support you know your being visible as I say, being approachable. Um, what what tips would you give for um, being agile with trading and using social to support? Well, I mean, most retail is going to be reopened now. So I, I think there's a couple of things. So I think we're going to have, I, I, I would say, don't discount upon necessarily. I actually put a post about this this morning because I, I, I think from a consumer sentiment point of view, what we're going to see is we're going to see a flourish. We're going to see stores open. And we're going to see money being spent. And everybody's going to go, oh, thank goodness for that. Oh, there was nothing to worry about. And then what will happen is there will be a bit of reality bites. Now, I do believe we've been, I think April was the worst of it. But I don't think we're going to see this big gold rush. So what's going to happen is we're going to have a couple of weeks of things being really good. And then we're going to see the people who are, the retailers who are going to fall are going to fall. Mm-hmm. So you will see, you know, there, you know, we we saw right back at the beginning of this, um, Debenhams, for example, pulling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a big one, like. Yeah, it's yeah. it's, and, and we've been so engulfed in the the whole pandemic piece that we've forgotten that we've got Brexit coming in behind this. Yeah. So there's a lot of UK businesses in particular that are sitting on really big estates. 
that are sitting on really long leases that are really expensive and have been mm-hmm. forced to close for three months. So I think we're going to see... I think, uh, and, and the, the bad news is, I think we're going to see some bloodbath headlines at the back end of this month and into July, where we're going to see some businesses pulling out of Ireland or having to close all stores. Um, but I think those headlines, it, it's important to keep them in perspective because they're, they're potentially not caused by COVID. Yes. Yeah. Would be the, the way I would say it. So I, I actually think we're, we're there's so many different kind of, retail energy shifts happening here so the balance of power is actually moving away from city center and back towards local because mm-hmm. people aren't commuting now yes yeah so, so for, for for independent and the smaller retailers and by smaller i mean under say a dozen stores that the actual opportunities here are probably the best opportunities that there have been in an awful long time those who, who take them. Well, I mean, the, the, the saying is shop local is like, you know, everywhere at the moment. And yeah. like the hashtag, uh, we're all in this together is another. And uh, But it is, it, it isn't from a, uh, but you see, it isn't almost from a pity party point of view. No. People want shop in local. Yeah. And because they're going to want to shop in, in stores that, that open into fresh air, if that makes sense, that are on a high street. Yeah. And so, for example, I did a talk, um, I live in Drogheda, and we did a talk in the town about, uh, you know, being closed and still trading from behind closed doors because it's perfectly okay. Nobody's telling you you can't trade. They're telling mm-hmm. you you can't bring customers in and out. And, you know, that mm-hmm. doesn't stop you selling via your website or selling via social media and, uh, um, and, and still trading. But the, 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 the chat I was having, and I had this chat in virtually every town that I spoke in over the last few weeks was very much, what is your store saying about you while you're not there? Do you look like you've gone out of business? Are the shutters down? Or is there a lovely big sign in the window saying, contact us on Facebook, here's our website here, here's our Instagram. Because actually in all of these commuter belt towns, there are more people walking past those premises than ever were before. Yeah. Because everybody's working from home and they have to go out and they have to exercise. So the footfall in a lot of these towns is greater than it's been mm-hmm. in very many years. So so this is what I mean about, you know, staying connected with the customer via social more than than, than any other channel, really. So, so yeah, so I think, I think we're at this real crux. I think how the next few weeks are managed are, are going to be key and how much, you know, we've had all of these catastrophe headlines about retail for the last couple of years. And actually, I, I disagree with a lot of them because whilst things are moving digitally, um, that isn't, this is about consumer changes in consumers. So if you think um, right up until we were all told to drive diesel cars, and the move in cars has been all about hybrid cars and electric cars. And yeah. and suddenly diesel became the devil at the beginning of this year, if you remember rightly. Mm-hmm. Diesel became something bad suddenly. So, so this is not about just about digitalization. This is about changing consumer habits. Yeah. Well, I always say, listen to your customer, acknowledge what they're saying, you know, that way, because and be as visible as possible. You know, be consistent. You know, whether, you know, you want to post things that will help your audience um, solve a problem, you know, show them that you're still there, um, answer any questions um, and, and use it um, so that people then feel that I want to go and see them when their doors open. Absolutely. For, for me, retail is, uh, I'm being really simplistic about it, but retail is about 
sticking a current in the other man's bun. Retail is about um, approaching. I know it sounds rude, actually. When I, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, no, that's actually sounds great. <sighs> but no, but somebody once gave me this advice when I was very young, always stick a current in the other man's bun. And that is essentially what retail is about. It is about approaching your business from the consumer's point of view. Mm-hmm. And the problem you have, and this is why you're seeing some of these legacy retailers having a really bad time. I'm on the soapbox now. I've got a proper soapbox. <laughs> you're, you're, you're flying along, yeah. Miriam. You're flying. Um, this is why we're seeing some of the legacy retailers having real difficulty because mm. they, they were very successful and they grew and they grew and they grew. And then their business became a cash cow where they were just cashing the business and making money and selling the same stuff again and again and again. And they stopped watching the consumer. Mm. And, they, as the, and they missed that the consumer was changing. Mm. So, and that's why those businesses are in trouble. That It's not specifically because everybody wants to be digitalized. Digitalization is a fact of life and it's mm. something that we all embrace. But, but actually, this is about... The, the consumer, um, you know, Emma, you got it bang on there. This is about listening to the consumer and, um, but actually hearing what they're saying. Because like the, way, the other way to look at it is you have three scenarios. You have, um, you're either closed for now or you are open and having to pivot or, okay, you might be a business that's in a strong position at the minute because you haven't had to close, like say certain supermarkets or chemists or whatever. But you all have well, to be... There's a fourth scenario. Oh, you're close, but still trading. Ah, that's another one then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are lots of businesses that I'm talking to are close and still trading. And, and, and a lot of it, it's about having the confidence or having a... See, this is that it's about having that external view and knowing what's working. And, mm. and I'm, I'm kind of lucky because I get to see lots of retail. Oh, so yeah. I get to see... Yeah what's working and, 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 you know, um, and I'm able to share with people actually, you know, what uh, it's what's working. Yeah. Business, you could say, mm. like, here's three things that would work for you. Yeah. I know yeah. one lady who, who was in the a lady in the Midlands who had a small business, lovely lady. And, uh, she, she was like, well, I've just had to close. And, and she did a, she did a Facebook live. She did a, an eight-minute-long Facebook live, and she was shaking. She was shaking like a lady. But she, she said to the customer, I'm going to try this. And she took a week's takings in, yeah. in, in yeah. the space of a couple of hours yeah. because people are scrolling, they're bored, they're COVIDed out of it, let's be honest. They want to be, they want to be entertained. They want to be entertained. They wanted to be a bit distracted. They want mm. to see something that isn't there to frighten them. Yeah. And I think there is a sense of of people want a bit of normality back as well. Like I think, um, you know, because I think uh, like certainly like myself and Eva would always say to to clients and people we meet, you know, social media has so many advantages. It is still a tactic and a tool. Um, You'll never... Mm. It'll never replace the experience, as you mentioned, Miriam, going into a shop and the touch and the feel and engaging with the shop assistant, etc. But I think what I've noticed is businesses are suddenly realizing that, you know, customers and people like to have other touch points to engage and to learn and to engage with you as an individual in your store. And like like there's a local fashion boutique here where I live in, in Ratoth, and the owner did exactly that. She, in an empty store, but was showcasing new deliveries. She just did a Facebook Live, took off. And I think 
that's really smart. And it's just basically tapping into that you're going to have an element of consumer. So like the consumer journey, sometimes from a social is someone will come into the store, they'll engage with you, they might browse. But then if they can continue that journey and use experience through your website or through your social channel, then suddenly they're getting a full sort of 360 century kind of but, overload you know but even also so so even also from a point of view of businesses should be watching social media to see what the customers are looking for so yeah. for example when this whole pandemic struck you have a lot of adult children that are stuck at home with their parents which is yeah. not comfortable the parents are loving it i can speak as a parent the parents are loving it but mm. you've got you've got you've got uh, families that are together in small confined spaces and they're having to live together yeah. for a long term and they're having to entertain each other and entertain themselves so we've seen lots of things like families doing come down with me yeah. you know you see oh yeah and, you know, so so if, if i if i was a retailer i'd be thinking right what can i do to help can i do dinner in a bag to help that 20 year old win do you know yes could I, you know could i um you know things for entertaining anything craft anything craft anything you know jigsaws, craft, anything that's going to help people kill time in the first six or eight weeks was very important. Yeah. So, so it, it, social media isn't just there to sell on. It's there to watch because, you know, if you actually watch what's going on in the feeds and, and it, you, you can get a real gauge of what people are, you know, are, are looking for. So TikTok, who would have thought TikTok? TikTok is oh. now a retail oh. <laughs> A serious retail platform. I'm and worried. Like, I'm worried he'll start doing TikToks now. You know, so don't yeah. be giving him ideas. You know, please. <laughs> so like, no, but, but like TikTok. Um, so like, there's a really a, a, another a, a different boutique in the in in the in the country. Who um, I remember seeing their first ever TikTok, and it was genius. This was a very formal boutique who who was known for occasion wear, and their very first TikTok video were all their furloughed girls from the store wearing full-on evening gowns but one of them was riding a you know riding a, a, a ride lawnmower and nearly crashing into a wall and one was playing football with the kids and one was cutting the head and tears <laughs> but they were in the and it was really funny and the music went with it was really appropriate the so audience. you're saying do it in style <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but then so so then you know so there's lots of um there's, there's loads of, um, there's been loads of opportunity and really good ways for people to trade. I had one business that came to me and they said, look, I've got quite an elderly clientele and they are just not on Facebook and they are just yeah. not on Instagram. Yeah. So what they did was they did uh, a six or a seven minute video of the, the products for those customers. And they, they, um, they obviously had a, a WhatsApp business account because that would have been a way they mm. would with their customers and they said to the customers would you like us to send you a bit of a this is what we have and you can sit and watch it on your own with a glass of wine at your leisure mm-hmm. and then text back if you want to order anything it's a great, great idea, idea isn't it great idea mm-hmm. yeah. there's yeah. so many like like there are dozens of ways that businesses have been able to trade and and lots of very savvy businesses have traded through this last yeah. couple of months yeah. so uh, i think the, the agile trading so i think there's an element of now that things are opening the, yeah. the key is to, to trade well now. Um, there, there, there is a pent-up demand, so there isn't a need to discount for the hell of it. Um, I do think there will be a slump the end of July and maybe a bit earlier in mm-hmm. consumer confidence when we start seeing the doom and gloom headlines. Mm-hmm. I, I, hopefully that will be temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, but save your trading levers for that would yeah. be my, my advice. And I suppose, like, Miriam, like you've worked with some really big brands, et cetera. But I suppose based on what you have seen 
pre-COVID, going through COVID and what's coming down the line, you know, how would you suggest to say some small businesses from a goal perspective, how they maybe should approach social media to try and start to bring that into maybe their their business strategy? You know, they, they have a very good in-store experience, but what should they be kind of looking at from a social point? I think I think if they're a B to C, so if they are selling directly to the consumer, then uh, depending on on who that consumer is, they, they probably do need to be on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook mm-hmm. is having a resurgence because of COVID. Yeah. Like we all hated Facebook this time last year. So yeah. um, Facebook is back. Um, God damn it. Facebook. <laughs> uh, so um, so Facebook is back and, uh, and Instagram is, is, is really growing as well. I think there's going to be a move towards authentic business. There's going to be a move towards local business and not in a shop local and, and help the local butcher, you know, sympathy way in a, no, I, I, I actually want to shop with somebody I trust. Do you know, yeah. yes. it's going to be an authenticity piece here. So I, I actually think the opportunity for small business has not been as great for decades. From a social media point of view, the things I would advise is you need to work out four or five different types of content. So your social media shouldn't be sell, sell, sell. You, no. you, you need to have lots of different types of content. And you almost what I would advise them to do would be to draw out what does a good week look like? So it might be, you know, so you might do a series of posts that are, let me introduce myself. Let me tell you a little bit about why I'm in business. Mm -hmm. You know, so the more you can do to properly connect with your customer, the better. And then a little bit of, you know, be on the journey with me. And then a couple of other things. So so the circular economy, which is, you know, um, whenever I'm talking to groups of retailers, whenever I mention this move away from consumerism and towards sustainability, you can feel everybody tighten in the room. You can, you can feel mm. everybody stretch. <laughs> yeah. This is a trend that is common. Whether we like it or not, it's common. Um, so the, the move is going to be away from consumerism and towards sustainability. So if you know that, then you can plan for that. So talk to the customer about what you're doing from a sustainability point of view. You know, um, start talking in that language. So, you know, it, it, I was in um, I was in a fabric store and they were commenting to me that all the rolls of fabric were now arriving in brown paper. And I said, well, why don't you post that? Yeah. Why don't you do a social media post about that and champion it yeah. and champion that supplier? So, you know, there, there's an element of um, businesses. And the other thing also on social media is the more generous businesses can be, the more they can champion their customers the more they can champion their, you know, their suppliers, um, you know, their consumers will watch and go, oh, I like you. I, I, I yeah. connect with you. Yeah. You're being, so, you're, you're being open. You are showing behind the scenes. You are showing the person who is behind the business, the face of the business, who's going to be there when they come in to see them and um, make them feel welcome and want to come. Absolutely. And, and, you know, as you say, there's a great book, I don't know if you've heard of it, called Marketing Rebellion by uh, Mark Schaefer. And, yes, uh, Mark Schaefer, yeah. Mark Schaefer, really yeah. good guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it literally, he is saying, like, it, it is a marketing rebellion and the most authentic businesses will win. So so the more you can be real and be with your customer and not both of them, oh, pardon no. me. No, that's no, fine. Not, you know, I always say, I always say to Philip, no big words. He uses all the big words. I yeah, won't. I do yeah. it to annoy him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know? yeah. Don't don't give him any. But but be, but be real with them. And when you're having a bad day, say, oh, I'm having a bad day. Or yeah, yeah. you know. So yeah. so there is an element of um, 
you know, people want, we've been, we're in a situation where for nearly three months, we've been separated from people and we want to reconnect with people and yeah. we want to reconnect with real people. So the winners will be the people that tune into that, I think. Yeah, because you want yeah. to get to, you know, you have to get to know who, you know, you get to like and then you get to trust and then you get to buy, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's back to like, because like we mentioned, Dima, like in even some of our first episodes of this show, mm. That we felt that companies that showed the human side, you know, yeah. as you mentioned, Miriam, the authenticity, because, you know, you have to be social and be human. And I think exactly, you know, because of COVID and we, we haven't been able to connect, you know, I think that's now going to be something that from a social point, if you can bring that human element in and show the personality behind you, your company, behind the scenes with the staff, uh, all that kind of stuff, I think is going to be so powerful, you know, and, and is a way forward, you know, so. But so, yeah. well, I have to say, um, how I got to know Miriam was because she would do these amazing little videos on LinkedIn, and uh, she caught my eye one day, and all you know the, the captions were coming up, and I went, "She's very interesting. I, I think I'll keep following her, see what else she's going to unfold as the days go on." And um, I know I keep saying I'm going to go on video. Um, We'll get 2020 is a long year. I will get there. We'll get there. We will get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I even said that to Miriam on the phone one day. I said, listen, you do inspire me to get on the video. And she says, get on, get on. But I'm like, mm, you know, so you, you, can, you, can, you can graduate towards that, you know, by using your images and, and as I say, you know, getting video people. Video really does work. And, and like uh, the, there was a business that I was talking to um, down, down the country, uh, down the country. <laughs> With a, a, one business I was talking to around the country, and and she was like, "Oh no, I can't, I could never go on Facebook Live, and and it's not for everybody." And so what she did was she recorded a one minute video because then she could edit it and and be comfortable with what yeah. she was putting out. Yeah. And Facebook yeah. is kind of good because you know you you can do a live event or you can put a video out and it's there and and it'll still be generating sales five days after you put it out there yeah, so there, yeah. And there's a lot you can do organically you don't need to be really really clever at facebook marketing you just need to lean into it and start doing it to begin mm. with and there are lots of professionals that can help you from a strategy point of view mm. but um, i i actually think the the most important thing is about having the plan and the, the, you know, if you know that you need to, if you know that you're going to do this many posts in a week and three of them are going to be like this and four of them are going to be like this, then you actually have a plan that you can tick off and, and do them. Yeah. And, and you don't need to, to do it ad, ad hoc. You can, you could actually create some of your content at once. So yeah. if you were, you know, you, you could create a few posts at the same time mm-hmm. and have it in your back pocket. And the, the trick is to, to have enough uh, so that you're consistent. Now I'm saying this, and 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 I don't do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on LinkedIn. Don't be saying that. You have to change so it, Maria. I'll, I'll yeah. be really good for two weeks, and then I, and then I'm really busy, and I'm not really good for a week. So, oh, we we'll, we'll have to so. send you over to Philip. But there is an element of the 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 problem is that within retail, a lot of business, you, you get so busy. Yeah. that you, you can forget to do social yeah. and actually it's the fastest growing channel. It's the one you can't afford to miss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But as I say, like, you know, um, there are different social channels out there, um, you know, and we were discussing there earlier about what would work best for certain retailers. Um, I always say to start with the one 
and and get comfortable with the one. So whether, you know, you were saying um, Instagram and Facebook is definitely for B to C. Well, you, you, you've just prompted me on something there. So one of, so when I go into, I usually go into a business when it's grown to a certain amount and mm. I'm usually call. So at the moment I'm working with lots of smaller retailers, which I'm loving by the way. Um, but that wouldn't have been my business prior to COVID. I would usually, I, I come in when a business hits a certain level and they hit teething pains or growing pains mm-hmm. and they need to, to, to recalibrate. But um, the, the biggest uh, thing that I usually come across in businesses is that they are, they are on the social media channel that the owner likes, which uh, isn't necessarily the right the one social yeah. media channel where their customers yeah. are. Yeah. And it's the biggest, it's the biggest, th- it's, it's the most frequent thing I come across mm. where you'll have somebody and they're, you know, they're only on Twitter because the, the guy who owns the company likes Twitter, but mm. their customers aren't on Twitter, their customers yeah. are on Instagram. So, so uh, the one really serious piece of advice that, that I, I, I've been given in some of the webinars that I've been doing is that you need to establish what is the primary channel for your primary customer not your primary channel, what's yeah. the customer's primary channel. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest mistake a lot of businesses make. Yeah. They go where they're comfortable rather than where the customer is. And that that is, unfortunately, is is a very common issue that Emer and myself would see from a social mm. media because it is it comes from that kind of that 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 strategic piece of, you know, exactly as you said, Miriam, having a plan and for example, you know, Emer and I would be big believers and we'd all say to people, you know, when you're creating content, have your editorial calendar, try and yeah. produce, commit that you're going to have a post Monday, Wednesday, Friday and commit to that. Um, that is a challenge because that is time to try and create that content. Um, and then you obviously have, exactly in that case, where either they see the competitors are on TikTok or they're on Pinterest, but none of their clients are on those channels, but they feel it should be there. Mm-hmm. They are challenges for businesses. Um, is there other challenges that you you see kind of for for businesses using social media um, in your experience? So I, when I approach it from a when I approach it from a uh, from from what I've seen, biggest challenges are not being on the right channel and think or thinking that you have to be on all of the channels and you don't. Mm. Yeah. So, so Gary V did a really great. Um, a really great article called how to create 64 pieces of content in a day. Mm-hmm. And he did the one post and then that post was then shared on two other channels. And then he took a picture of it and posted it on another channel. Yeah. And he showed how in a few seconds you suddenly had six posts out of one post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's quite a good article, but the, the, there is this piece of focus on the core one, and then there might be two halo channels that you can then share that to. Yeah. But you, if you if you if you go across all of the channels, so for example, when I first went out, I, I set up a Facebook page for my business, and I was posting on Facebook and talk about shouting into an empty room. I'd get you know my friends would jump on and like it because they liked oh, me. Yeah. But yeah. that's not where my customer is. So yeah. it, it, you know, I was giving myself work for the sake of work. It wasn't the right, you know, but I'm, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a B2B business, yeah. mm. you know, yeah. it wasn't the right place for me to be. So the, 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 the trick is figure out where you should be. And then there's probably a secondary place where you should be and get those right. Yeah. You don't need to be everywhere. You, yeah. you, you absolutely don't need to be everywhere. So yeah. yeah, that, that is the, that's one of the biggest, um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges 
that and uh, I've also been in businesses where the teenage child is given social media to manage because sure they're millennials so they should be able to so that's the other problem that you have somebody who's not really fully engaged and delivering the social media strategy which is also a real problem and and actually be quite damaging for a business yeah and 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 actually, just one thing, because myself and Ember would have seen this as well, is um, even though it, technically people don't see it coming out of social, but it's such, it is making a resurgence as email, you know, and personalized mm. email and stuff. Do you see that kind of coming to bear for, for retail, having an, an email list kind of growing an email list that they can reach out with new offers, et cetera, or is it very business specific or what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I, 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 I probably... You see, I get so many of those because I'm a, such a shopaholic that I see them all as spam now. Yeah. 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 And, and the problem you have is there's so many, this uh, chat bots have become so mm. commonplace now yeah. that, that there's a lot of chat bots out there that aren't good. So you know that it's a chat bot. Yes. So, so, so there's, there's that piece on social. And then there's the, the generic email, which feels quite salesy. Mm. So, so it it depends when they're done very skillfully, they're good. Yeah. But um, but it's it's hard to do them very skillfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, would, yeah. would be my view. So I think we're in a you know that we're in a, a place where there's lots of noise digitally, and mm. and people are getting a bit you know tired of the noise. So yeah. it's how you manage to cut through that. So yeah. um, and that's I think that's actually. For, for people with digital marketing, that's actually going to become the ever-increasing challenge, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. The other challenge, I think, that businesses, and I'm, you know, I'd like your thoughts on this, um, digital customer care, you know, having, you know, uh, somewhere for your customer to reach out to you. Do you, see, do you see businesses not making the effort or are they making the effort at the moment? I, I I haven't seen issues there. I, I think I, I think um, it, most people are, are are very responsive. I think um, the difficulty you have is is when you have um, when you have a, a chatbot that so that there's an illusion of somebody being there and it's out of hours and nobody's really there. Mm-hmm. I think that's when it can cause a problem. Yeah, salt wetting. Yeah, but but again. The, even the chatbots, they're evolving at such pace. So, so the really clever ones, you, you, you don't realize that. I think what happened was they came out and people didn't realize that you weren't talking to a human and they thought, oh, this is really good. And yeah. then they became really white and then they came out really generically and yeah. suddenly they copped that they weren't talking to a human. So yeah. they've had to go. So we're seeing the evolution of all of these techniques happening really quickly. So mm-hmm. we're in such a, a fast world that the evolution of, of these types of technologies are like a hundred times faster than they would have been a few years ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's really difficult for yeah. everybody involved. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because there's nothing worse. You feel like, you know, it's worse than, you know, when you ring, uh, ring up a number and you go press one, press two, you're, you're 10 years later, you're still not talking to somebody. It's the same, I think sometimes with those bots, cause you go, Oh, yeah. hey, what's your quest? They give you uh, options and then you keep clicking and clicking and clicking i hear you i hear you miriam it's been uh, i can't believe uh we've been chatting for as long as we've had um it's uh it's been absolutely fantastic you know you've given us so much uh, wealth of knowledge today uh, in relation to 
you know, how retailers can move forward. Before we start to kind of come to the close, is there any last tips that you'd like to share? And where, if there's retailers and business listening to us here today, um, where can they find and get in contact with you? Um, well, you can contact me on uh, miriam at pto.ie. Um, miriam at pto.ie. You'll find me on LinkedIn. Oh, that's where I usually am. Miriam Simon on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the tips that I would give you. So, well, first of all, just to say uh, well done and congratulations because you're all about to reopen. So uh, don't worry. You're here. You can. Yeah. You you don't want to be knackered by Monday. That <laughs> 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 you're well rested this weekend and enjoy this last Saturday off for a while. So I, I, I would say that. I would say don't feel that you have to open in an almighty sale. Hold your trading levers because there is a pent up demand. Now the consumers listening to this are going to be really annoyed at me saying this, but there, you know, we are going to see some of the 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 more um, traditional and older school retailers were probably open in sale. That doesn't mean that everybody needs to. The balance of power for, for, for independent retailers that are listening and local retailers that are listening, please understand you are in such a strong position if you only knew how much strength the position you have. And whilst it might not feel like it because we've had three months of closure, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the future is with you if you're ready to take it. And that's the God's honest truth. Um, the, the future is with you. Um, the, the way we uh, operate local towns and, uh, and um, it, it's going to have to change along with that. But the, the future is with you um, if you keep communicating with your customer. I would say if you've been really active on social media because you've been closed, do not let that slip the minute no. you open so yep. anything you've been doing from an agile trading point of view and from a you know a, a more consumer uh, interaction point of view don't stop doing that because you know you and you almost need to put a little bit of thought over the next couple of days to make sure that that doesn't slow down once you open because that's going to be just as important definitely and then have one or two really savvy trading levers in your back pocket so that if we get those catastrophe headlines, because we all love a good catastrophe, let's be honest. Yes, yeah. So that when those catastrophe headlines hit and, and there's a bit of consumer nervousness, you then have those trading leader, levers to pull on. So that would be the key advice I, I would give. And, and, um, and don't be on every single channel. There's no need. We, we'd agree with that, definitely. Yeah, you know, yeah. get it right yeah. on the one and then move, move further, as they say, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, um. Marion, you're so kind to give your time. Yeah, and, thank you. you know, I've really enjoyed it. Good. And uh, we'll have to have you back because no doubt there will be more changes in the retail and social space. Yeah. So um, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Have, have, a, have a lovely evening, both of you. Thank you so oh. much. Will we get the evening off, will we? Oh, we will. Let's take it off. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're the boss. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Miriam, thank you very much. And thank again, you. everybody do reach out to her. She does know what she's talking about. Um, and uh, such an expert in what she she's she knows all her stuff. So um, thank you very much again. No, Absolutely. Happy birthday. Take care.
And listen, just if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and to the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast, which is on Podpeen, iTunes, Spotify, and on Dublin South FM. And until next time, I've been Phil Twyford, the Curly Marketer, Social Media Management and Strategy. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. And we will see you again soon for more Let's Get Social. So take care. Bye.